0: Oh my gosh, Hunter's gone. What are we gonna do?
1: We're gonna have some fun. The cat's away. <laughs> the cat is away. So <laughs> the mice will play. The mice will play. The mice will play. Yeah. then in his uh, sayings that no one says anymore. All right, we'll catch you next week. All right. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting though is like Hunter's—he's uh, under the weather, and I'm kind of worried about the world economy because this guy never gets sick. It's like, what's gonna—what's gonna happen next? Hunter, never get sick? Yeah, I just never experienced this guy getting sick. Need to be around the gym more. <laughs> <laughs> does, he, hey, does he persevere up. more yeah. Yeah, no? <laughs> than the average person? Yeah, well, I make a distinction between like under the weather not feeling so good. And S- it sounds to me like a, like an obstacle that Hunter's just choosing to just avoid completely. Yeah, I Which think leads
0: should. us to our next topic, yeah. Ben.
1: Well, he should. Well, let me wrap that one up first because I think really what he should do is figure out how he's perceiving his sickness. That, that's a fact. you know, And then determine to push into that obstacle and turn it into something good. It's just going to take a matter of will. That's right. Yeah. It is, it's a matter mm-hmm. of will. Yep. So where were we? Who is Will? Who's Will? Speaking of Will. Uh, we need went to, to Junior High Will. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cool guy. He's a famous guy. <laughs> what we're going to talk about today is actually the Open because the Open is over and everyone said, thank goodness. Amen. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that the Open is over. Uh, So we've paced through it another year, and what I'd like to discuss are the ways that the Open was exactly the same as the Open always is. Some new things that we figured out during the Open, and we actually had a, a different strategy inside of Coyote Fitness. Walking into the Open, you guys as uh, head trainers did a really good job of prepping athletes, especially the uh, kind of the average athlete, the, the person that's just trying to pursue fitness, how they should go through the Open, if that strategy actually worked, how, how you experienced it. So tons of things to discuss around the Open this year. Mm hmm. So let's start here. Let's just go roll through the workouts because I think that's the normal tone of the conversation. What about point 1? What about point 2? Maybe we could just walk through them and I I really do appreciate you going back, Chris, after the workouts have been released and you've seen all of our athletes go through them. What you found interesting about each one. So let's let's just start with point 1.
2: Well, uh uh, for, uh, first of all, when uh, when point one came out, it was uh, it was if they it was if they called me or they or they were able to get inside my mind. I was like, "What is the
1: last worst workout?
2: Thing? The absolute <laughs> worst workout that we could write for you." And um, how many people like, felt that way? Oh man, probably probably anybody under five ten for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was definitely it was definitely not a uh, not a smaller uh, smaller athletes workout with the uh, with the rowing and the uh, and the wall balls. Your uh, um, it was going it's gonna it's gonna benefit you to have uh to have you know bigger levers and be closer to that it uh, be closer to that target obviously yeah. but um overall man i thought it was uh i thought it was really well programmed i thought if you're going to uh it's if you're going to program a a longer workout that's really going to test your uh uh test your uh, your aerobic abilities it's really good to have to have pieces in there within that workout that are um very Easily repeatable that where you're not going to be limited by by skill or strength, and um, that's essentially what you had there because the rowing the rowing is a cyclical movement that you can do over and over again. The wall balls are you know that they weren't like heavy wall balls or anything like that, so it's nothing that you shouldn't be uh, be used to. It's two movements that you don't really have to think a lot about. It's really it generally just comes down to uh, to your effort. You know your ability to um to go from one piece to the next and recover uh recover as quick as you can and sustain uh sustain a fairly high output over that period of time was it was 19 minutes wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was it was lengthy. Yeah, yeah. so I
2: mean it's definitely it's one of the one of the longer workouts that they've ever had in it. And um I uh I mean even though it wasn't a, wasn't a great workout for me, I thought it was a really I thought it was a really good test. I was actually really um you know really surprised that they uh, that they did that because generally. You know they they had those they've had longer workouts in the past, like in two thousand i think sixteen I think it was sixteen point one where they had the um the overhead walking lunges, the bar facing burpees and the chested bar pull ups and when you have a longer workout like that, if you you know if your overhead position uh sucks or if you're not very good at chested bar pull ups, then it just becomes a workout about overhead lunges and chested bar pull ups right. instead of um instead of it actually testing your capacity i thought this was one of the closest that they've ever come to a just a true um aerobic
1: capacity test yeah i I agree with you a hundred percent going through the workout and maybe this shows the place i was in but i thought man they did a good job programming this for that very reason because i thought they did a really good job with I thought this is one of the
2: better opens um, as a whole in terms of uh, in terms of programming.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. And yeah. I have my particular frustrations with the open in general, but they all they actually all come down to my limitations as an athlete, <laughs> not not as the open as a test, but in this particular workout, I thought, gosh, they just they dialed this in so tight. Because when you first read it, you're like, oh, this is like a cheap play on the year, or whatever. I mean, this is kind of hokey. But then you got into it and you thought, man, I just thought to myself, they probably tested the rep scheme on this forever to find that, that balance to where you're right, you can just do the, these moves. So they got the movements correct, even though people hate them, they got them correct and then they put exactly the amount of reps they needed to for you to have to make that determination am I can I sprint here or do I need to back off to about 90% I mean, you had to do a lot of athlete math
2: yeah yeah and you know it really it really came down to you know after after you got to watch a couple people do it um uh to me it came down to it came down to two things it was uh you know how long could you keep your wall balls unbroken and how quickly uh, how quick could you keep your transitions because uh At the uh, at the end of the day, if you could do that, if you could um, if you could keep the wall balls unbroken for the most part, and you could uh, be really fast going from the rower to the wall ball, the wall ball back to the rower, then it just become it. it comes down to how hard can you pull the rower and how long can you do it.
1: Yeah, that was a big part of it. uh, To for me to see instant feedback on that rower really pissed me off. (laughs) I mean, think about when you're in a workout. If you drop that wall ball, you're not looking at the clock, and you know this as a coach. You know. 12, 13 seconds can pass staring at a wall ball on the floor. Oh, yeah, for but, sure. But the wall ball's not screaming at you, your pace is dropping. Your pace is dry. You right. Know, so you get back to that rower and you realize, man, I, I kind of phoned it in on those last two strokes, and mm-hmm. the rower's telling me, I need to pick this game up a little bit. That was difficult for me. Did you have that experience?
2: Yeah, uh, for me, like my, um, I went into it with, uh, with two goals, and that's basically what, uh, what I said. I wanted, I wanted my wall balls to be unbroken. As long as I possibly could, and I wanted to make sure my transitions were fast because I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a strong, uh, I'm not a strong rower, even uh, even for my size, I'm not that great of a rower, and um, so I needed to, uh, I needed to make sure that I really. Uh, uh, that I was really aggressive on the other two, on those other two parts, and that was staying unbroken on the wall balls and keeping my transitions fast, so that even if I got done with a set of wall balls, got on the rower, and my pace started off slow, you know, you, I could pick it up a little bit, um, you know, as you get in the middle of the set, but, um I just I knew I knew that I wasn't going to gain a lot of ground on the rower, so I had to take care of business on the other on the other two parts.
1: Yeah, I had a little bit of a different experience in that I'm going to be able to kind of coast on the row a little more, but the wall balls over time are going to get to me because I have a weak core and I knew my core is gonna collapse and I'd start bending over, mm-hmm. which would get my lower back, which then would hurt my row. I mean that that combination of movements really really smart, but yeah. it was this was one of the two workouts through the open this year that I I actually thought about redoing because I did I didn't go quite as hard as I should have gone on the road, but I didn't know that until about 16 minutes. You know, what I mean, it's, that's a long workout to try to guess your your energy output from the beginning?
2: Yeah, th- that was that was a uh, one one workout. I think uh, I think point one and point two were the only two that I was really kind of considering. Trying to do again, just because uh, uh, I thought maybe I could have pushed a little harder on the front end with the uh, with the rower. But I made a deal with myself going into the open. You know, we're not a we're not trying to uh, to get a team to regionals this year. There's no point in me in me redo in me redoing the uh, redoing the workout. And so I wanted to just kind of make my make a deal with myself in that. You know do it one time give it your give it your best effort just consider it your one shot pace it the best you can and see how it goes
1: yeah let's come back to that because that definitely affects how you go through all five weeks yeah. I
2: as a result it made this the most fun open I've
1: ever done yeah because <laughs> yeah. I only did five workouts instead of ten <laughs> so then, yeah balls the wall on those and they and you know it hurts the same going through those mm-hmm. but um just getting out of your headspace, I do not want to come back to that conversation just a touch. But I'll tell you one thing that helped, and I think people should be encouraged, athletes should be encouraged to do this. Through the course of about a year and a half, I've submitted to programming that's made me throw a 30-pound wall ball. Mm-hmm. And I think we can translate that to any level of athlete. If you're usually throwing a 14, it'd be good in some workouts to pick up that 20 just to know how that you can throw something heavier for 10 reps. So when you get into a workout where speed is essential, which CrossFit has a lot of those, you can drop down a couple of pounds and it gives you that feeling, that mental confidence to know, I can keep throwing this if I absolutely have to. Oh, yeah, sure. You'll never complain about 20-pound wall balls until you throw a 30 a couple of times. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Interestingly enough, too, in this workout when I got to the wall balls, Uh, I was trying to figure out half. And I realized this since the open, uh, that I'm always looking for half of a rep scheme. You know, if I've got to do 12 thrusters, then I'm I'm like, for some reason, mentally trying to get to six. And then I drop and I shouldn't. There are times where you should just you should blow through that because you're going to waste so much time and energy trying to pick that bar back up rather than just pushing through the rep scheme because you probably can, especially on something like a wall ball.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've seen with, uh, with high-volume workouts like that, and they, uh, they talked about this on a Training Think Tanks podcast, and it really, for me, it, it was never more apparent to me than in the last workout that uh, you, um, you can't overpace, but you can't overrest. So even uh, even if um, even if uh, the sets become really small and you and you're having to deviate from uh, from your game plan, you can
1: still you can still keep yourself in the game by being really disciplined with your rest. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think these other workouts will tease this part of the conversation out. Yeah. Just knowing your body and knowing yourself as an athlete, how important that is. So let's, for the sake of time, let's move on to point two and break yeah. that down just a touch. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So this was the. Uh, um, the double unders, toes uh, to bar, and the uh, and the squat cleans and so, like that. They changed it up this time where you had eight minutes to get through the first two rounds. So it was like uh, fifteen. The the first round was uh, was the fifteen cleans at one thirty five. The next round was the thirteen cleans at one eighty five. And was, those those are the the men's uh, RX weights. Uh, you had eight minutes to get through uh, to get through that round, and um, you know it really it just became uh, it became a, a test of uh, your, your strength capacity, how well you can hold, uh, how well you can hold positions in the clean under fatigue, because you, uh, you're blasting, uh, you're blasting the, uh, the hip flexors and the, um, and the core a good bit on the, uh, on the toe bar. And then you're jacking the heart rate up on the, um, on the double unders. And then you've got to go, you know, pick up, uh, pick up a heavy barbell and, uh, you know, even if somebody is really, really strong through uh, through their squat, you know, if they don't have the uh, um, if they don't have the aerobic development to recover and keep their heart rate down as long as they can. Uh, you know you're gonna get you're gonna get buried under those cleans, and yeah. <laughs> you've gotta.
1: This it, was classic CrossFit, right? Oh yeah, you, there's and, just abso- no way out.
2: Absolutely, you know you you've got to if you want to if you want to be strong in the uh, in the sport of CrossFit, if you want to show how strong you are, you've got to you've got to earn it, and that's what I what I liked about that uh, about that workout that it wasn't just um, you know five minutes of max cleans at 275 or something like <laughs> yes, that,
1: some sort of Really heavy complex, yeah. Definitely this shows the intelligence of the sport, and I think it allows athletes who have been training really, really hard over the course of the year since the last Open to really show that work. Mm -hmm. I think that really fires up an athlete. Like, man, I've been pushing myself to the limits in this way for 12 months or 11 months and three weeks now I really get to show that off, you know, and it's, it was pretty impressive to watch yeah. these really high level. And I got a little bit confused about the changes and, and pace that front part just a little too much because again, with core issues, my toes to bar is, it's a weakness of mine, uh, with the hip, you know, if you take the hips out and your yeah my shoulders begin to get fatigued. So I knew I had to pace through it because the squat cleans weren't exactly going to be that difficult. Cause I didn't have time to get to the really heavy weights at, at, at my level of being an athlete uh but for me i this was the one most frustrating workout of the open because double unders are kind of my bread and butter it's like one of the things i can do well inside of crossfit and i tripped in the first three reps and you know sometimes that happens Mm -hmm. you just shake it off you take a deep breath and you start you get back into the rhythm then i tripped about six double unders later and man, it, it was just shy for me. I never could recover those double unders, so it, I was pressed for time and then all the mental stuff started going in. Yeah. So as the workout was over, um, a buddy of mine was, was actually judging me. He was like, Man, you gotta redo that. That was that was a fluke. You're you're much better at double unders than your yeah, scores in yeah. the show. And uh, but but I really I said to myself, you know what? If this were a Friday where I were in, in Coyote and I was here regularly to train. I would not say, okay, start the clock again, or I'll be back this afternoon. I would just accept it as a limitation that something went crazy and I'm going to move on. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's the choice that I made. But it was it was really difficult in that way because I knew I was going to enter in that score and it wasn't really a reflection of my level as an athlete. And I thought, man, I wonder if this is how the people who are really successful at this sport feel when they're at a high level and something goes wrong that's just a fluke. And we see that happen every year, especially at the games. Yep. You know, so it was that this workout was particularly frustrating for me because I know I'm stronger than the last time that I did it. But my score is worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh,
2: I had I had really mixed feelings about that uh, about that workout. And that workout has always been tough for me, always, because that, an, that's another uh, that's another area in, in my fitness where I really struggle. And that's being able to move moderate to heavy uh, to heavy weights under fatigue. Like my. Uh, um Especially like with the uh, with the clean, even when I was uh, when I was kind of at my peak for performance as far as like a one rep max. uh, I mean, I had a pretty I had a pretty heavy clean at one point for my body weight. But you still, it was that same year that I hit that heavy clean that I did not do well in that uh, in that workout. I felt really confident with the clean, but once uh, once I got under uh, when I get under fatigue, is it's really difficult for me to uh, to kind of recharge to kind of recharge that battery and be able to keep uh to keep on hitting those uh hitting those moderate weights and I ended up getting the exact same score that I got in 2016 no way yeah eg- exact same exact same score so you know I can't be I can't be too uh too disappointed with it cuz I'm not training nearly as much um or with a with as much in, with as much like focused intent as I was in 2016 so I mean you know I'm okay with it but at, at the same time I had in um I have in training beaten that score I was not able I was I think two reps away from clearing the 225 bar and getting into the uh, getting into the next round and um, I have got I, I think I've only gotten through that round one time in probably the five times I've actually
1: done that workout Man, that's intense. But There's a lot to celebrate there. Yeah, sure. This is a big part of the positivity of the Open is that you know how your life has gone over the past two Mm -hmm. years. The things that you're putting an emphasis on, not that you de-emphasize your fitness, but it's just happening in a different way. Yeah, Uh, yeah,
2: absolutely absolutely not. Hopefully, I'm never de-emphasizing my fitness. It's always going to be important to me, but, um, you know it's seasons of life it, it's just the uh, the volume and the uh, the intent and the intent has to be adjusted
1: yeah it has to be which we're, we can discuss that also so I think that's a big part of being an athlete that has other things going on you know yep. um, so let's let's move ahead to this one because I think this one's going to be a, we're going to have to beat this one up just a little bit when we get to point three this was the one where I was like wait what yeah <laughs> you know uh, well, how do you, you feel about it
2: um yeah um I knew that you were going that you were going to get you're always gonna get a new movement, it seems like, you know, for the last couple of years though, they've introduced the dumbbells and they've done other they had the handstand walk last year and now they, they do the strict handstand push ups. And I was I was fine with it because I had been I had been saying um for a while, I, I was never ever happy with the uh the standards for the kipping handstand
1: push ups. Was anybody happy? Yeah.
2: And so I just always I always said, I was like, you know, make it a universal standard and make them strict, or don't do it at all. Right. You know, and and they even still they got way too cute with the uh, with the standards uh, with the standards this year about like you know you can like uh, if you arc too much that's a <laughs> that is a no rep. <laughs> well, what does that mean? Yeah. Right. How do you judge that? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's here's your box. Hand stay inside of the box. Head touches the floor elbows are locked out. Don't let your butt touch the wall. That should be, that should have been the only standards. That's it. Done.
1: Yeah. 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 This is so this is the one where you had to work just to get to those strict handstand pushups. Yeah. And,
2: and to be, and to be honest, I don't think that handstand pushups are a very good, uh, are very good indicator or test of fitness at all, just because they are so incredibly, um, you know, dependent on, on your levers, you know, mm-hmm. like is somebody with a, uh, um, smaller uh, like if you if I've got short arms and a really big head or a really long neck, <laughs> I'm not gonna have any trouble at all <laughs> with with <handstand> push-ups. <laughs> it's gonna be a goofy looking dude, but yeah, you can right. see what I'm this talking to be about. Great yeah. at it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think we have a few of those guys. Maybe we're, so. We're with a few of Maybe those guys. so. Yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely now they can be improved. I mean, part yeah, of yeah, part of of our story is that you know he. He is really proud of the way that he's improved those over time. But yeah, I think you're right. If if the idea is a test of fitness, you know, and then
2: yeah, but you know, but then at the, but at the then at the same time, this is this is the sport that you that you signed up for. It'd be like it'd be like getting mad that there's a three point line in basketball.
1: It's yeah, just,
2: it's part of the game.
1: Or yeah, that NASCAR has to drive around in an oval. Yes, why can't we just go in a straight line? For I want
0: to turn thing? right sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, I mean, okay, but let's talk about the overhead position though. And that workout was really picked on. Mm. It wasn't just the uh, handstand push-ups, right? I mean, we've got to do this. Isn't that where you had the dumbbell overhead for the? Yeah,
2: you started off with the uh, with the walking lunge with the with the dumbbell overhead, and then they had the. The step, step ups, ups, yeah. Which I was really, I was really happy with their standards for the uh, for the step ups, and they because they essentially just said carry the dumbbell however you want to, yeah. And I thought that was good.
1: Although the part that bothered me the most is this: al- you had to alternate. That was that was weird for me. Like,
2: oh, alternating your legs? Yeah,
1: I, it just yeah. made me think about something strange. Like, if I have to just if I have to step up, then let me step up however it works. Why mm-hmm. not, sure, know, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot.
2: Yeah, you know, like it's like in the. Uh, uh at regionals or in the games when they've done um like single arm dumbbell overhead squats they don't care what arm you use or how many times you use that arm up to you yeah 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 so, so that would have made that, that, that workout
1: a little, little bit better for me but i i did uh have a, lo- a lot of sympathy for folks that had a poor overhead position because just the start of that workout was a real slow and to me, I, f- I felt a huge disparity between I see what CrossFit is doing here and that they want to kind of wear out that overhead position. They give you a second to recover, yeah. and then you get back to something where you're using it again. But for the average to beginner athlete, mm-hmm. that was the workout. The overhead walking lunges were the workout.
2: Yeah. And, um, and yeah, you know, you saw it with uh, like, uh, like with Meredith in our gym, I mean, you know, that there was, you know, it was a different story for
1: her. That workout was a handstand push-up workout, mm-hmm. period you know yeah exactly so and now I know they've got to they have to be aware this test also is for some of the best athletes in the world Mm -hmm. so I think it's a difficult balance as much as I celebrate them for one, I think point three there was just such a
2: yeah it was definitely it was um it was my least it was my least favorite in terms of a test and as far as a test of fitness because it was you know purely for the for the most part you know can you do strict handstand push-ups or not and you know what that if, if that's a hole if that's a hole in your game then it's something that needs to be addressed yeah
1: game over and you know saw, as
2: of this year I saw some I saw some really really fit people in our gym that did really well on just about every single workout except for that one and yeah. you know that one just absolutely crushed them and yeah. so it uh so you know, it it exposed. It also it did what the open is supposed to do, and that's expose
1: weaknesses and expose uh, expose the holes in your game. Yeah, that's the part I hate about it. So let's not talk. I'll get. I'll yeah. be Just <laughs> upset for the rest of the episode. All right, let's move I on. I don't to like point. being exposed. Yeah, yeah. Well, not anymore. <laughs> it's a long story. Uh, so let's go to point four. Point
2: four. Yes. Uh, point four was the um, the uh, the interval. Uh, this was this one was was one of my favorites, not just because i liked the uh, i liked the movements but i thought it was really well programmed from a standpoint of um a uh having a really tough sprint and then a long rest i thought that was uh, i thought that was really cool i think back um i think probably back in the day like if you go back and look at a lot of the uh a lot of the workouts that CrossFit used to program, like even on their even on their main site, that were interval based, I always thought that the uh, if the in, if intensity is the priority of this workout, I always thought the rest times were way too short. Like they'd do something like row row 250 meters and do uh, 15 burpees as fast as you can, rest one minute for eight rounds. It's like. <laughs> All day. That's an aerobic workout. <laughs> you should be going about seventy percent on that workout. Uh, but I liked this one because three minutes was just long enough to make you uh, to make you want to be able to uh, make you want to push and go uh, and go real hard. And then in the second half, um, uh, having the uh, having the bar muscle ups in there, you know, it was uh, it was great because um, uh, I think a, a lot more people now are able to do them. You know, the, the bar muscle-ups is, is not as huge of a feat as they used to be. And so a lot of people can kind of churn them out in singles, and it gives people a chance to uh, get that first bar muscle-up. So that's the other great thing about the Open is, uh, I think, um, having those opportunities for people to get their first something and give people mm-hmm. something to celebrate. And um, I think the, the bar muscle-up, I think, is a great movement for that because I don't, they're not, to me, as difficult as a ring muscle-up or anything uh, or anything like that and um you know i think that i think that's uh that's something that the open has always done well of is giving people that that opportunity to kind of put the spotlight on them and give them a chance to feel really really good about themselves and the effort they've put in
1: yeah it did you it gave you a chance because you could rest for a minute and then it you, yeah. you could you could determine i'm going to fight for this and then mm-hmm. you had a while to fight for it you yeah know, you didn't like oh i tried one and it failed so i'm not going to try that again yeah
2: the yeah, the first part of the, the, the three rounds of 10 snatches and 12 uh uh 12 bar facing burpees it it wasn't anything just insurmountable mm-hmm. you know like it wasn't going to be one of those things where only the elite were going to get done and then be able to rest with enough time to uh to be able to try to fit, to get some muscle ups uh, i thought that was i thought that was a really cool
1: really cool well-programmed piece i watched frazier do this workout and i, I just, <sighs> it was unbelievable I'm like i can't even believe that guy's human yeah you know i mean i the level of respect I have for this guy as an athlete watching that workout, I mean, seeing him burpee as fast as he, I'm like, there's no way he can keep this pace. No no way possible. Mm-hmm. And maybe he slowed down a half a second on his burpees. Yep. I mean, it looked like he could have done five or six of those workouts in a row, just super impressive. So, yeah, that was a, it was a good one for me uh, also to test. I don't have all the building blocks in place, and this is something I've noticed uh, over the past year, for my gymnastics, I don't have all the building blocks in place to really do that movement correctly. And you were actually there coaching me through that with my kip and how I wasn't changing my kip and and all that. But I didn't get frustrated this year. That was the difference. I realized, okay, I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna go for broke two or three times. But I know I haven't done the work. And, that, you know, that's a recognition, I think, that the Open, it makes you face that. And this is what's gotten me so angry about the Open over the past couple of years, to, to admit it here publicly, is that it makes you come face to face with the work that you haven't done. You know, yeah, yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> you've got to predetermine that you're okay with that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I've been working on other things or I'm trying to recover from this or that that's happened in my life. And this one rep, this one bar muscle-up doesn't define my CrossFit career. Exactly. As long as I'm prepared for that emotion to rush in there about not getting the rep, you know, and then watching other people get the rep, you Mm -hmm. know, and so it challenges your level of community, I think, to be able to celebrate someone else doing something successfully that you weren't able to do. Uh, So all kinds of stuff wrapped into that particular workout. Then we get to point .5, which I was like, I have never wanted to kiss CrossFit on the mouth as much as I did <laughs> to .5, because there was a time limit. There was an actual yes. time limit on point .5. Thank goodness. Oh, yeah. man, yeah. I have mean, been in there a while. Yeah, how many .5s have we been through where, like, the guy the guy goes and grabs nope. lunch. He's like, I'll, I'll be back to finish these yeah. last three <laughs> three sets. I just can't no work time out anymore. Limit. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it was. Um, what surprised me about this workout a i had to do this workout without any music and as much as i have said i don't pay attention to the music i am 100 percent wrong man you're, you're you're gonna look you're gonna look for anything else to pay attention to when you're doing thrusters and pull-ups. oh ups. my gosh I, I sounded like i was giving birth from like the first 30 <laughs> seconds I'm like please i don't care what it is just put some music on but uh Anyway, so a friend of mine was coaching me through that, and it was a train wreck. I, I was so disoriented, I started apologizing to him for not doing the, uh, another rep. And he was like, what are you apologizing to me for? It's your workout. What surprised me about this, though, is that um, the, the time domain was long enough for you to get a significant amount of reps done. Yeah. You know, even if you were having to take a break on those uh, chest bar if you are, do- are doing singles or the classic uh, chalk-up rest, which yeah, I've noticed uh-huh. is a real real weakness of mine, I'm going to go chalk-up because... It's, it's an incredibly popular... Uh- technique <laughs> yeah even though there's a big rule in our wall, don't go always, crazy with the chalk yeah
2: I, I can always I can always tell by looking underneath the rig after a good pull-up workout at our gym <laughs>
1: <laughs> how many people were actually resting mm. the other day I actually felt guilty because I was using chalk in a, in a kettlebell workout and I'm like no this is really where you should be using chalk because you don't want to throw this kettlebell across the, the yeah. gym right but on this one um, I thought because of my limitations on chest bar that I wouldn't be able to to push quite as hard as maybe an open workout should be pushed, but I was incorrect. I mean, you've got uh, it's 20 minutes, right? It was 20 minutes, yeah, I think something so. like that. So you've got long enough if you're just slugging through those chest of bars, singling and out. Then you can get back to the thrusters, and you're not going to be able to just phone those thrusters in because you're not getting yeah, very you, far. You've got
2: to, you've got to, you've got to attack them because you yeah. know you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to have to just piece together the chest of bars as best you can. So you can't, you can't afford to take your time
1: on the thrusters and take your time on both of them. That's right. I was absolutely wrong going into this workout. I was saying to everyone, this is definitely a chest-to-bar workout. I mean, that's the movement. But it wasn't for me. I mean, I, I was mm-hmm. going to go through chest bar the way I was going to go through. Where it tested me mentally was on those thrusters. Because mm-hmm. now, if they had taken the thrusters up to, like, a 115 or something a little heavier, you know, then, then you're getting in a little bit of trouble there. Uh, but a 95-pound thruster, I think, for, for most people who have been in CrossFit, for a while, is kind of like a 20-pound um, med ball. Yeah. You, you it's, can it's always stan- do one more. Yeah, you know? it's the standard. Yeah, And yeah. Um, you're used to that, being under that yeah. weight. And it becomes about your breathing and, you know, whether you're going to drop the bar and take that 20 seconds to figure out if you want to do another one. And so, I don't know. It, yeah. To me, it was an awesome workout. I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, I was I, – I surprised I surprised myself with uh, with this workout because um, – i mean i was i was worried about it i did i did not do a lot of uh chest bar pull-ups going into the open last year uh because i was dealing with um with a lot of uh with a lot of elbow uh, tendinitis issues and so uh, chest bar pull-ups for whatever reason just really flared them up so i didn't do them for uh for a while and i really didn't do very much of them leading into uh leading to the open this year and um some you know, I was listening to a podcast some guys were talking about it and they were saying you know go back and look at your um uh your eighteen five score that had the ascending like three and three six and six nine and nine of thrusters and chested bar pull-ups you know look at that score and you know it'll give you an indication of how how well you might be able to do in this one and my score was not very good <laughs> and I was like oh my god this is gonna be terrible but um what I did, and, and this is what, you know, kind of getting back to what I said earlier about uh, you, can't, uh, you can't really overpace, but you can overrest. I did not do a set of thrusters uh, higher than seven. I think there might have been an eight somewhere in there, but seven for the majority of the time was the biggest set that I ever did on thrusters. I didn't do any sets bigger than five on chest bar pull-ups, and I ended up uh, finishing that workout in like 11:40 or something like that. So, wow. And man,
1: that's impressive. Your transitions must have been quick.
2: Well, it was just, it was just telling myself just to be disciplined with, with the rest. Yeah. And, um, not, uh, you know, not allowing myself to take, to take the, uh, to take the extra time. And, um, for, for whatever, for whatever reason, I mean, it, uh, it worked, uh, it worked out. I just, I just happened to pick the best, uh,
1: the best rep scheme for me. Man, good for you. So this is a good way to kind of wrap up this discussion. So, all things said and done with the open, we give it a A plus, A minus, B plus. I give it a probably, um, probably a B plus. B plus. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I agree with that. Not outstanding, but really good. I'm I'm going to give it an A plus, but again, I'm I'm just so self centered. It feels like in my fitness journey, I'm going to give it an A plus because two things that it showed me. I 'm as fit as my training would dictate, mm-hmm. so there you go. you know'm like <laughs> these things that I 'm kind of okay at, whether I 'm working them or not, yeah. allowed me to coast through some of the workouts so it didn't it didn't surprise me either way. Mm-hmm. It also gave me an opportunity not just to test my my fitness but to test my approach to my fitness and I really appreciated that this year, and I think Cody is is a hundred percent responsible for that because we did so much talking leading in about yeah. what the open should be for you and what the open shouldn't be for you and if we want to step back and be very honest the changes that CrossFit made leading into this open is what opened up that discussion what are you actually doing this for what are you in it for right the the on, the only reason that I did not
2: that I did not give this open an A is because I think that they like if I'm going to criticize it it's going to be that they're still they're still very inconsistent with uh, with like their reasoning for doing things like why are we alternating our feet what's the point on the step ups uh you know the you know what do you mean you're arcing your back you know they're arcing their back too much on the handstand push-ups that's ridiculous and uh and and the last and lastly i mean you know i i liked the uh i liked the uh the ch the thruster chest bar pull-up workout because i mean i did well on it for me but at the same time, you know we have done thruster and chest and bar pull-ups so so much, good and call, um, yeah. I call. was just like, I was pretty underwhelmed with it, and I was ready for
1: uh, I was just ready for some for something else. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. Maybe to close close with at least discussing the open is you know, even things like the Open that are worldwide, that are programmed by the heart, the central office of CrossFit, most of it's going to come down to how you feel as an athlete, what you need as an athlete, and the, the place that it dropped into your year. You yep. know I mean? It's so many things, so many variables, which this is just fitness in general, um, but how you respond to ways that you're tested, which we actually end up talking a lot about on this podcast. But how you respond to the ways that you're tested have so many different factors involved. So I think going into the open with an open mind to say this is going to show some things that. reveal some things that frustrate me, it's gonna give me very few opportunities to succeed, but I should take advantage of those. I'm going to be pleasantly surprised in some ways, unpleasantly surprised in other ways. And at the end uh, of the test, it's five weeks that you were focused on how you were performing in particular workouts. Mm -hmm. Then the other layer that Coyote added on this year is this huge communal element where Mm -hmm. it wasn't, um, you know, I'm not uh, mocking it anyway, but we had to go through these versions where it's like, hey, let's just all work out at a particular time in the evening. Let's do that. Maybe that'll yeah. be a good thing. And it, and it was a great thing. Mm-hmm. But this year it went to an entirely different level where we're going to have intramural teams and we're going to make sure that athletes are participating with each other and encouraging each other in that way because they have a cumulative, no matter what they finish, what their score is in the world, they've got people locally that are depending on them to show up even right. if they don't want to face that workout. And that was a huge benefit for me to know, look, I, I'm after that point. That's what I'm after today. I want to get that point for my team, and that's what matters most, and I'm going to show up. So, you know, there's different things I think that affiliates can do to take the frustration that can be the open and make it a very communal, community-building thing, and that's exactly what Coyote did this year.
2: Man, yeah, if you are, if you, if you are, not, if you are not celebrating somebody else's uh, success in the CrossFit gyms, like, man, you are, you are just mi- missing half the point. You yeah. know, to, to me, probably it's probably, to me, and to me, it's probably more than half is the, uh, is the, uh, is the community and the, uh, and the camaraderie. Um, you know, there, there's there no, there's no reason that when you get done, if you're taking the class and you get done with the workout, there's no reason that you should not be walking around and encouraging somebody else that has, that hasn't finished yet.
1: Yeah, cuz we're all in a fight, man. Absolutely. All is we're in a fight. Man.
2: Absolutely. Because, because I get cause I guarantee you, you know, that there's going to be points in um in uh in your in your workout where, you know, you would not mind hearing somebody encourage you.
1: Yes, yeah. Not too much though. Cuz no no, no no no. no <laughs> don't focus on me too much. Like, yes. give me a little encouragement and then then move on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I get that. And I think we don't really have time to discuss this today, but I think we should sidebar maybe for another episode. But the way that the gym is operating on a day-to-day basis, I think, helped the Open. And you've yeah. got these pretty elite-level athletes that are integrating into the classes in a particular way now, based on the way that we've set things up. And it made the open feel extremely cohesive to how the gym already operates in that you've got athletes in there that are scaling, you've got athletes in there that are not scaling, but are probably going to struggle. Then you have athletes, and Meredith is a great example of this, that potentially could finish the workout and be the only person in that class that actually finishes, and everybody's riveted. Will (laughs) will she get this last squat clean? Mm -hmm everybody's able to share in her victory no matter if you scaled or not so yeah just it was i'm excited to see where the open is going to take coyote in, in successive years yep. with us treating it this way mm, you know no matter so. no matter the workouts yeah all right so we get to everyone's favorite segment yeah. outside the box i miss hunter <laughs> i'll take that that was kind of weak <laughs> Really what we're gonna do here is pretty exciting in this outside the box because we're gonna combine some things that we're often discussing around Coyote and around this podcast, but in a different way. So movies often come up because we all know that Chris Allen basically speaks in movie quotes. And sports often comes up because well, we all have a lot of history of sports. Today we're combining these two things, but in an unusual fashion. Do tell Ben. So what we're going for We're not talking about the top sports movies because we realized pretty quickly that would lead to extensive arguments where we would all disagree and everyone probably bloodshed. Yeah, everyone else would disagree. (laughs) Uh, Just total carnage. So we decided to rate the uh, top three underrated sports movies, underappreciated movies that are great. But as you're you're sitting around talking about sports movies. They don't often come up because these other headliners yeah. steal the of show of all time. the the, 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 yeah. one, the ones that the
2: ones that don't get the credit they probably deserve. Yeah, you would yeah. you wouldn't put them in your top five, maybe not even your top ten, but still really good movies. And it's not guilty pleasure. Like these should be movies that are like they're good. Yeah,
0: like that you shouldn't be ashamed of having to say this movie
2: out yeah. loud. Yeah, it's a it is a, a ones that like it is a it is an atrocity that they. Do not get more credit. Oh, <laughs> shucks.
0: Well, All right. That's a big no. word. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was just kind of thinking these are the ones, you shouldn't have to hide them at the bottom of your DVD collection. Yes. Like you should put them on display. And it's a shame that people say, wait, well, I hadn't seen that. How dare you? How dare, How dare you? you? You you say that you enjoy movies. What gives you the right? What gives you, <laughs> this is an atrocity. <laughs> okay, so I think this is, this is going to be a fascinating discussion. So do we start with our three, like, one I is, think
0: the rule we established a while a while ago is if there's three, we do the round table
1: yeah. going up. Going up. And okay. Five is where we kind of change it up a little bit. Okay, yeah, because five's like, whoa, and now number three. Uh-huh. All mm-hmm. right, so we're starting with three. I've got to hear <laughs> I've got to hear Chris's number three. My number three is Cinderella Man. Ooh. Yeah. God, right. I forgot about Ooh, that movie. Man. man.
2: Dude, you know, because like it, it never get it's never on TV. Yeah, you know you're you're never gonna see it there. And, Come on, uh, Shawshank. We want to yeah, see and, uh, Cinderella Man. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> no. But but seriously though, like, cause uh, be honest with you, I never saw it until uh, we were just on. Um, we were sitting around the house one day, and and uh, my wife actually had it on DVD, and I just mentioned that I had never seen it, and we had to sit down and watch it right then. And I was like, this movie's great. Yeah. I mean the, the, I had n- literally nothing bad to say about that movie. Great story, great acting, you know, the the uh dialogue and everything was good. It was really very engaging set set uh, during the depression so and they did a really really good job of yeah um capturing what it was like for people at that point, man. Mm-hmm. Just such a good movie. And- yeah, it's so uh it's considered like so respected in like
0: the uh the story and whatnot of it. Like so much that like my high school English teacher was like this is an incredible example of how story can work. We're going to watch this movie, and with yes. the whole class is like, "What the heck is this movie?" Mm-hmm. So I th- went,
2: uh, uh, my wife is a is a history teacher, and she will actually have the class watch Cinderella Man when they get into uh, um, when they start studying uh, the you know the time of the Depression yeah. and stuff like that.
0: That's uh, that's a great teacher right there. Isn't she? Yeah. yeah,
1: movies should always be used in curriculum. That's my stance. I agree. I know this may be strange to to mention, but the scene in that movie that stands out the most is where he passes on dinner yes. for his kids, mm-hmm. and uh, then has to go. I'm like, whoa! That yeah. that that really pulled me in more than like the scene where they're they're standing in line waiting mm-hmm. for things. I'm like, oh my gosh, this was a tough time, yeah. and to try to perform during that. I, I wonder if part of the reason why it doesn't get the credit it deserves is because of Russell Crowe. I, I don't know. I mean, like, as much as we celebrate that guy for Gladiator, it seems like people mock him for all of his other roles. I'm not sure what that's about, but he did a great job in this movie. Man, I don't know. I, th- I think Russell Crowe's good.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe people get offended that all these foreigners are taking some of the best American roles.
2: They took our job. Batman, <laughs> Superman,
1: our boxers, all of them. They're all Australian or British now. Deep thoughts by Chase. Spider-Man. Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, long a good one. List. List. You know what? I'll say it's that may be the perfect choice because I had completely forgotten about that movie. Mm-hmm. But now that you mention it, I want to like sit down and, and watch after, it with And, and after
2: talking about it, I probably should have actually had it as my number two, but you know, nobody's perfect.
1: So. All right, Chase, you're up.
2: All right, my, my number three, I think,
0: you both of you guys will. Well, Chris may know it. I think it will go. What? It's the greatest game ever
2: played. It's yeah. uh, the Shia LaBeouf uh, golf movie. Mm-hmm. I saw. I, yeah, I, know, I know. I saw. Uh, I didn't see the whole thing. I think I caught it on TV one time and mm-hmm. caught like the end of it. Yeah. Yeah
0: pretty good it's it's one of those movies it's not like happy gilmore level golf where you're like wow i could watch every golf movie ever but this movie it does a really good uh job of building up a lot of tension with a sport that you know even if you're not interested in like that's what's impressive about it like most people don't like golf right at least for the most part you are on the you're going to
2: love golf movies exactly okay real quick outside of caddyshack too can you name a bad golf movie
1: no, that's a good point. Mm, I, well, I mentioned it off mic, but I, I did not understand all the hype behind The the Legend of Bagger Vance. It seemed like a great story <laughs> yeah, that, and a that terrible might, movie. Yeah,
2: that might be one. That was with, is. with uh, Will Smith. Will Smith
1: was in it. I mean, like I, the story behind it, I was super intrigued. But then when I watched the movie, I'm like... Should, it, we, it should we go off on the deliver, trail
2: of Will Smith? Which, which is pretty much a Will Smith in a nutshell. I know. Great. <laughs> Great opportunities with poor execution. It's
0: like if if you go after 2008, (laughs) don't even bother with the Will Smith, which is so sad because because I Am Legend was incredible. Men in Black was was great. Yep. Fresh Prince, greatest one of the greatest TV series. Of, Pursuit uh, sorry, of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness. Oh my gosh! I know, I
2: knew I that would strike a chord with you. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good movie.
0: All right, so anyway, my I think most people had not heard of this. You but sell if you, that
1: machine, Will Smith.
0: <laughs> it's also, this is a good example of Shia LaBeouf before he went
1: crazy. So you should go check it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, interestingly enough, I had a golf. I have a golf movie as number three as well. Ten Cup. Ten cup was great. I still
0: haven't yeah. seen it. I've, I've heard of it a
1: lot, but I haven't seen it. See, that's the point I'm trying give to give me the make. ball. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> ball. You know, I just quote it all the time, and I think about it myself in my life. I'm like, man, I'm ten cupping this right now. Like, just lay up and finish the hole. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and I think the 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 banter and the fact that he's he's washed up, and you you know, you got the Cheech Who's and Chong it? element. Kevin Costner. And Kevin Costner is the mm, the, the main I love guy. Kevin Costner. Yeah. So. Um, I think I'm this was, you. was yeah. this pre-Waterworld, post-Waterworld? I think it was post. Post-Waterworld? Yeah, so we recovered from that. Even though we've discussed this, that's like, oh, that boy. movie grossed a lot of money for this guy. It did. <laughs> yeah, he, does, he doesn't care that people mock it. But uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, getting back to the point, I think this this is a golf movie, though, that really digs into just this guy's approach to his life. And it's it's a movie that is a sports movie that's very thought-provoking, uh, which which kind of gets me riled up. I like it. Yeah. All right. I mean, cool. I, I can't give much additional commentary, but it's just it's quoted a lot. And the other thing is, the guy that's against Kevin Costner, uh, what, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Huge I star, huge either. star. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed I can't remember his name. But you just want to hit that guy in the face mm-hmm. the entire movie. I love that too. Like, <laughs> so I like a movie that makes me think and also makes me want to hit a guy in the face. Yeah. Those are my two criteria. I don't know if Chase approves. David of that. Sims. Is that a bad, the bad guy? Uh, Romero Basar? Let me see his picture. Uh, please hold. <laughs> yes, that's him. Okay. That's him. He is David like... Sims. Or,
0: oh, sorry, Don Johnson.
1: Don Johnson. He's the perfect on-the-screen jerk. Yeah. Just perfect. Sorry if you're listening, but, uh, I mean, respect to your craft, because you may be a great human being, but in films, he is a total jerk. So I recommend people watching 10 Cup. I think it's one of those great... Uh, Summer afternoon movies. You get a good beer and you watch a golf movie. This is the one you need to pick. Mm-hmm. All, All right, right number two.
2: All right, my number two is Invictus.
1: Really,
0: mm-hmm. I never
2: saw it. It was Same. good. It I've, was I've really heard good, and Matt Damon that, did an incredible job. Yeah, and, and actually now, like I'm looking at my list, I definitely should have had Invictus as my Invictus as my third because uh, Cinderella, man, is definitely better than uh, than Invictus. But um, yeah, Matt Damon was uh, was incredible. Um, uh, Morgan Freeman. I mean. It's Morgan. It's Morgan Freeman, it's Morgan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they. I thought they did. Uh, they did an excellent job. Like, because uh, I'm always very, like, with team sports like that. You're going to do a movie about a team sport. I'm. I'm hyper critical of the action. H- yes, how they portray yep. the uh, the sport and see.
0: Um, uh, remember the Titans.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exhibit A through Z. <laughs> um, so and uh, they did a really great job, like with the um, the. Uh, the rugby action did not come off cheesy mm-hmm. or anything like that. And they did a really good job of um, capturing uh, the tension that was going on during the country at now, that time. No, odds are if you're a big rugby fan, there's going to be little
0: things you can, yeah, of pick course. And poke. But, but just
2: as, just as a, it's a,
0: like golf movies. Like you just, if you do it just enough, mm-hmm. it, you can carry it. Exactly. So yeah. Invictus, my yeah, number two. I really need to go watch that movie. All right. My number two. Uh, we talked about it a little bit off mic and the response I got almost deterred me but I'm going to push strong for Dennis Quaid. Go it's for the it. rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because the the spell the very, the first act of the movie where he's with the high school team and they're going through uh playoffs and stuff like that yeah. like that's a that's a great series of events within a uh, within a movie. It does it's just
2: a classic montage of games happening. It feels really good. Yeah, and you know, and, and Dennis Quaid, he is he's so easy to like like you can watch love, you yeah. can watch that movie and you can be like, I could definitely see this guy there as a is, high school baseball coach. Here,
0: here's a thought I've had before. There is no actor on this planet that has more twinkle in his eye than Dennis Quaid. <laughs> yeah. That dude <laughs> is just like that is Disney in a
1: nutshell. That so, dude is so lovable. This was my problem with the movie, is that it felt too Disney.
2: Yeah, and, and that and that was kind of the same issues that I had with remember the Titans they the, the cheese factor in it is just, just a so little, hard a little to much. get over. I,
0: I probably have a little bit of childhood you know influence within this because this came out you know when I was yeah, younger. yeah like sure. this was it was back when I like I cared about baseball mm-hmm. so but I was like, like, it, like wow this I, dude because
2: because I grew I grew up on baseball movies like The Natural. And mm-hmm. you know where it's everything. Everything about that movie was just incredible. And um, so, yeah, uh, the, just when, when Disney gets a hold of sports movies, I I tend to tread carefully. You
0: mean <laughs> to tell me the game plan with The Rock isn't the greatest sports movie <laughs> of all time?
1: Hang on, we're gonna get there. <laughs> oh my no, bad. I'm <laughs> kidding, <I'm laughs> kidding. So yeah, I have I have incredible respect for Dennis Quaid as an actor. I mean, I can watch that guy act on almost anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that's what frustrated me is. This guy's almost out acting the script and he, he just can't help it. He's I bet just, it's the score. I want to go back and listen to the music and say if this happens. The had music like, was actually pretty good dang, now that you I mentioned that. Shucks. Well, <laughs> Shucks. Darn it to heck, Wally. <laughs> uh, all right, what number, we're on number two. So <laughs> Number you, two. Yeah, number you're two. number two. All right, my number two is the program. Yeah, the program. <laughs> you
0: guys are listening a lot of ones I haven't seen yet. It's really? not it's which not proves a, the list. So I'm not going to stand by it. Yeah,
2: it's uh, not in my. It's not uh, in my underrated ones because it is in my probably top five. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is well, Okay, what is it? No, but, well, nobody's talking about the program. It is. You, days, you remember but.
2: remember? Remember um, before we started recording, we were talking about you want a good shot of '90s.
1: Yes. This would be it. This is mm-hmm.
2: a, it's a, it's a fictional college, uh, college, uh, program. Fictionally um, like Florida a State e- University. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's a ECU. Who like is East it? Carolina University. Um, I, that, forget-
0: I thought that was a real, there is a East Carolina. That's the Pirates, isn't it? Maybe so. He used to use that yellow and
2: gold team or whatever. Or yellow the, the and gold. The purple. purple and gold. Yeah. I guess, I guess you're right. Well, I don't know. The, it it the, doesn't the, matter. I know, I know the stadium they used was, uh, was South Carolina Stadium. Yeah. It's ESU. ESU yeah. Eastern yeah. State University yeah, or something it up. like that. <laughs> That's what it was. Eastern.
1: We're the Eastern State University. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And um, so, I mean, basically, it's just, it's a movie about a, about, a, there's no really deep storyline to it. It's just simply, it's kind of, you ever see blue chips? Yes. It's blue chips, but football okay gotcha it's
0: uh like is it comparable it's not comparable to we are marshall it's not like a revival no no No, no,
2: because it is is strictly like you kind of fall into this uh this program that has underachieved over the last couple years the coach is starting to get on the hot seat and so he brings in um brings in some new uh some new players he he signs a he signs a running back played by uh uh, omar epps yeah 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 yeah. yeah. okay and who's um, the well who's the coach um it's the guy uh the guy who plays uh buddy's dad in elf <laughs> oh <laughs> oh say no more yes. <laughs> that's not what i expected what a combo. to
1: be the, car- yeah. the the actor that's really funny yeah
0: hey speaking of we are marshall how do we feel about we are marshall
1: hey i i liked it for a few of the moments just yeah, a few of the moments. Is I it
0: to McConaughey? It was,
1: yeah. He
2: it's, he, it's m-
0: before he figured out who he, he was. He way
2: over McConaughey Okay. and it was just, it was, it, he was too goofy for me to take seriously. It was supposed to be a very serious movie. Well, yeah, but, a
0: freaking plane crash with all your team. On yeah, it. I mean,
2: a- and I thought, I thought he just kind of um
1: party at the Moon Tower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> this is this is a, it was a plane crash. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a party. <laughs> 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 the girls
0: just keep getting younger I same, same age Yeah so this is what That's I, why I, I
2: coach college football <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright so the rest of the episode Is just quoting McConaughey right
1: Please, please say that <laughs> College football That was great <laughs> Yeah, I, I think a few of the moments were good, but I I just kept running into McConaughey and it just, talking out of the side of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't a great it wasn't a great cast for that. Mm. I, I mean, I'm a McConaughey fan. I mean, I like a lot yeah, of I am too. Well, he he's does. fully
0: figured out who he is now, but that's like that's like 2017. He, he was still trying to hate. He didn't. It, yeah. it yeah. wasn't Interstellar, McConaughey yet.
1: Kind of yeah. Uh, so yeah, program for me 1993. The reason that I that I say it's underrated is because I feel like, in my opinion, and it was making a huge statement about college sports yeah in 1993 mm-hmm. it wasn't just na- it was it, it was doing a
2: lot of what blue chips was doing it was that like at that time um everybody was kind of starting to figure out what was going on in terms of you know the the shady side of college sports and blue chips and the program kind of brought it to the forefront
1: yeah yeah i would i would agree with that all right so we're ro- rolling into our number one my number one is Prefontaine. Oh man I passed over that for round, for round number two mm. I stumbled on that on some streaming service I'm like this is amazing dude that movie is so good.
2: you want to talk about a movie that'll make you feel just every single emotion all the feels throughout the entire and, and the um i mean acting was great the uh um and just it is so so believable everything about it was awesome This is
1: one of my even the mustache was believable yes <laughs> oh, it was <laughs> ultra believable it was a fantastic mustache. <laughs> Ultra believable. That's something I'm putting in my vocabulary. It 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 tickled my nose just watching it. (laughs) Don't ever say that again. (laughs) So, uh, so what part of it you like? You obviously had some favorite scenes in there. Oh,
2: yeah, man. When he, um, when he uh, he's getting ready, when he's getting ready to go to when he to go to Munich, and he mm. says uh, the only uh, the only good pace is a suicide pace, and today seems like a great day to die.
1: Yeah, man, what a line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole now the whole Olympic thing it got a little weird, like with the crime and stuff. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? But then I realized this is this is historical. Yeah, you know, they this mm-hmm. this isn't a plot twist. This actually happened. Yeah, that
2: actually happened. Yeah. and um, yeah, and the whole. Uh, um the like that whole scene at munich when he's he's getting ready to race the uh uh i forgot his name or really where uh where he was from but uh, he was getting ready to race you know the, the the best in the world and um what they were what they were banking on was that you know he had run a race earlier that day and that he might be uh, and that he might be basically a little worn out to go against pre and Pree was going to be able to out to uh uh, to wear him out throughout the entire race and the guy wasn't going to be able to out kick him but then the um the whole uh the whole deal happened and he ended up getting an extra the guy ended up getting an extra day's rest and uh, ended up beating him
1: yeah yeah. Was, I, you probably haven't seen it have you chase no yeah i, I oh, hadn't either man. it just it came up as recommended based on something else that i'd watched and yeah
2: if you ever get an opportunity it's well worth the watch yeah, it definitely cool. is yeah. all right is it me
0: it's you all right. Well, you two know which one's coming, but hot dog, is it not worth every bit of number one that I've given it, gentlemen? You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. <laughs> By God, it's Kurt Russell and Miracle. It is. Bring them back, baby. That's what I'm Again, talking about.
2: It was, you know, the the one Disney sports movie where Disney just, uh, just seemed to be like, you know what, we're gonna get out of the way. Just keep just keep it PG, and we're gonna be fine.
1: <laughs> you know what? This Disney thing's really cramping our movie making. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should away. pull back the magic a little bit. This is feeling a little Aladdin over here. Man, dude, the
2: whole the whole uh, great moments come from great opportunity yep. speech at the end. Oh God, if that won't get you fired up, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Even even the dark parts of the movie, you're
0: like, gosh. I want to do sprints down the ice now.
2: Yeah, and you know, and uh, and and it covered it covered so much. Like it did a great job, also kind of you know hitting the uh, hitting the the political. Scene yeah, at it, that cap- point it in captured it captured
0: the intensity of the intensity of like. It didn't matter that it was the Cold War, like whatever you think politically. It was just like the intensity of that era. It yeah. was capturing getting the sports moment, mm-hmm. which like if you read anything about history around
2: that actual Olympics, it's like yeah, yeah, heck yeah, you yeah, know, and it, th- they really. It is it is arguably the greatest moment in sports, the greatest upset of all time. And I was so disappointed when I found out that it was going to be a Disney movie. Mm. But thankfully, like I said, they got out of the way. Could it have been better? Probably. But like if you'd had a better supporting cast, it wouldn't be underrated if it could have been better. Yes, yes, but a Kurt Russell delivered and more. He did. It was so good.
0: I think that's when I fell in love with Kurt Russell.
1: Whoa! Seems like we should talk about that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, for me it was the "Who do you play for?" scene. I mean, I just yeah that mm-hmm. ma- that makes the whole movie. The who, name on the front matters a hell of a lot more than the name on the back. Yeah, who yeah. Do you who do you play for? I'm like, man, what a what a great question. And these guys fell for it. And I don't know. I did I don't know much about hockey at all. And I from the very beginning, they did a great job setting that up in <laughs> the, in the first part of the movie.
2: When he when he told when he told that guy when that guy had that uh, had that deep. Uh, had that uh, had that deep bruise on
1: his. Leg. Mm-hmm. He told him the legs a hell of a long way from the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you, you say that, you say that a lot. No, you don't, you don't. That, you should use that in CrossFit. I, I really should. But, to keep, from your heart. but yeah. I want to keep people coming in. I know, that, that, that membership's going to be boom. bad for business. Yeah, all right, you guys aren't prepared for my number one because I'm sure it'll lead to a lot of debate here, but uh, I think the number one most underrated sports movie for me is Point Break. Point Break? Because what? surfing as a sport does not get the respect it deserves. Neither does bank robbing. (laughs) Bank robbing? (laughs) What? Neither does Keanu Reeves. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My, I think Keanu my, Reeves off camera definitely deserves more respect. <laughs> no, yes. no doubt, the <laughs> stuff that guy's been through. But uh, I think I've talked about Point Break here on the podcast before. That's when I brought it up. Mm-hmm. Speaking of '90s, man, that's way oh, back yeah. in the '90s. I was actually going to say Miracle, and and I think maybe we we feel that because we're in the American South and we don't we don't go mm-hmm. see. It. I wanted to say Miracle, but I knew that's what you were gonna go with. Yeah. Gosh, no. you guys are so nice. <laughs> yeah, Miracle is like. It's just a—it's a great movie. It's a great sports movie. It's one of those that I would probably put in. Oh man, can I say this? It would go kind of in the Hoosiers category, like just so inspirational. Yep. It, it's just hard to mess that up. It's hard to mess that story up, and mm-hmm. they—and uh, they even got the line right in the movie. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. I mean, they. Yeah. Like, well, they got the actual guy to mm-hmm. uh, do the announcement. He reannounced it because I'm sure there was some kind of copyright deal.
0: Right. I think that's right. And then they get Al Michaels uh, yeah. to come back.
1: Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is that was a prime opportunity for the movie to screw that up, and by, they didn't. Yeah. And they didn't, so they did a great job there. So yeah. Disney
0: said we may have too much magic, but we don't have too much money. Let's get Al Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my theme for life, right there. I may
1: have too much magic, but I don't have too much money. There we go. So yeah, I think Miracle is probably going to take number one. I don't. I didn't even really have others that kind of made the list, but but not. Really. coach Did
0: Carter you? wasn't close for any of you guys no
1: no because really. man I'm I'm just I'm I'm over Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> yeah yeah think lot, well once you start pushing credit cards it's like
2: yeah. yeah and when it's the same tone from his credit card commercials to <laughs> everything else what's, what's the other
0: basket this is going to really delay the episode but that's okay what's the other basketball movie uh with the college that like it does that slow-mo he steps out of bounds uh when he hoop takes dreams. that
2: three-pointer is that hoop dreams? hoop dreams that might be hoop dreams
0: with the southern white coach uh
1: no that is uh, um
2: oh gosh i was just looking at it uh Uh, Glory Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Glory, I yeah that. That Not was a bad movie. Good. That was all right. It got it gets cheesy.
0: It does the same thing most. What keeps most of these movies like from getting to that underrated category is they don't know how to end well. It's yeah. like
2: the cheese in this just goes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and take another one that I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of upset that I don't have on my list is a uh, white man can't jump.
1: Mm, snipes, <laughs> come on.
2: And yeah. I love Woody Harrelson too. And Woody Harrelson's one of my favorite He's actors. Incredible man. When you
1: start a movie, you're like, "Is that the guy from Cheers?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was this was smart. This was smart. A lot of lot of '90s, man. So this makes me think: Is the a sports a movie genre is it dying or where? Absolutely. It, oh, for certain, is. Yep. Well,
0: all of mine are from the 2000s, but they're very early well, the
2: 2000s. It's just like there's been so many. You just can't really do, you know. There's not, there, there's not a lot that hasn't been done at this point. Because and, yeah, and yeah. all the ones that are being made now are very, like, you know, B, C
1: rated. and Right. So yeah. we peaked at cool runnings is what we're saying. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> you didn't chase with speechless. That was beautiful. Remember He Got Game? Yo, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a great Oh, boy. Movie. Now you're going into the Google machine over there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do this. Let's wrap the episode with a couple of recommends. You guys got any recommends? Uh, just finished, um, just finished
2: reading a uh, Wild at Heart that was recommended to me uh, by you. So now I'm recommending it to everybody else. There's wow, there's a lot to unpack in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoa, this guy knows a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've, I've recommended it to uh, to a couple of my friends. I hope they uh, hope they take uh, hope they take part in that because it's um, really really makes you uh, take a look uh, take a look at yourself and what your uh, what your definition. That, um, of being uh, being a man is, and you know, does it uh, does it line up with uh, with scripture? And um, you know, are you aspiring to be the uh, to be the kind of man that God
1: wants you to be? Yeah, I think he does probably the best job of anybody at writing a primer for masculinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just he talks you about could, it in a, in a really it's it's uh, it's challenging, but not so aggressive that it just pisses you off. Exactly, and you're you're so.
2: Uh, it's a you, you could you could not be you could not be a Christian and still really, really enjoy that book. Very good point. And get a lot out of it. Very
1: good point. How about you, Chase?
2: Yeah, mine's uh very,
0: very different from what Chris just said, but that's all right. <laughs> that's what we do here. <laughs> yeah. Mine's gonna be go to YouTube and just Google greatest sports moments of all time and find like the hour long version of it and just sit back.
1: And just mm.
0: man if you if you want to just like, like either go down Mimmy road or see uh the video behind like moments like you've heard about it'll it's just crazy how how like you don't you yeah. don't get many sports moments like that anymore not because i don't i don't know if it's like times are changing or anything but i think the uh i don't know like just the uh the overwhelming amount of media nowadays like it really the demor- like diminishes stories in a much quicker fashion but like these are like like when the band is out on mm-hmm. the field during that uh, Syracuse game stuff like that like it's just I think it was Syracuse stands Stanford yeah Stanford yeah that's right yeah. yeah like just moments like that it's just like it, it reminds you of like why we like sports so much and it's good that they're like there's um, opportunities to go and see it
2: I, t- I tell you uh, you know I'll go with you on that uh, you can you can get on YouTube and you can uh, you can find just about all of the uh uh football life mm-hmm. episodes from NFL Network yeah. I watched the uh, Bill Walsh episode not long ago man that was really, really good. And that was really good. You know, a guy, a guy, uh, so torn between making his system work. Like he would cut guys in their prime, just just because you know he did not want anything slowing his team down. But at the same time, he truly, truly cared about uh, about his players, and he had a lot. He had a lot of difficulty and battled a lot of depression because of that. Because he was so torn by those two things. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I, I go see that. I agree with the take that you both you guys have. I mean, a lot of people these days, when they say YouTube, it's like, man, I got to change out the the filter in my refrigerator. How do you do that? And you go to YouTube, <laughs> but, uh, but there's other stuff on there. A its like, full potential. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just sit, play, and coast. I like that. Because, like, you know, people need a break from thinking so much. And if you could just watch Michael Jordan hit a couple of winning shots in a row, mm. you know, that's yeah. good, that's good or to for you. let see how adrenaline. many times Pippen's. Forgo, forgo. This is a
0: shot, and goes, just so like, here,
1: Jordan. Here you go, man. There's... This makes
0: this is why you're the greatest, not because of you, but because of me. There's a guy Sorry, I'd like to shake his hand
1: is, uh, is Scottie Pippen. We should do a whole episode on Scottie Pippen. You he gets could.
0: more
2: recognition now than he used to, I think, which is good.
1: Does yeah.
0: he? Well, I've, I've oh, seen, extremely.
2: It's I too late. So. It, well, well, I think it's amazing now that people want to argue argue LeBron. All of a sudden, Scottie Pippen was an all time great. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 no,
0: no one's. <laughs> No one's saying that. The, Le,
2: yeah. LeBron is the reason that Scottie Pippen is getting a lot more credit now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because people want to defend uh, defend LeBron.
1: But, you know, and Pippen's just sitting on all his money like, whatever.
2: Yeah. Whatever.
1: I played basketball. It was awesome. I got paid a lot of money. Yeah, It's fine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so my recommend is actually more strange than either of your recommends. All right. Stumbled on this on the History Channel. Good housekeeping. <laughs> right. Um, Jersey no stumbled (laughs) on this on on the History Channel it's called The Curse of Oak Island have you guys heard about this? I've heard of it Mm -mm. oh my gosh it's it's everything you need in a show it is a reality show I'll I'll say that and I'm not a huge fan of reality TV but because it isn't right the story behind it is pretty incredible which we don't Mm -hmm. have time to go into but apparently there's this buried treasure on Oak Island and It's so far underground that six people have died looking for it over the years Mm -hmm. because, (laughs) get ready for the Goonies here, it's (laughs) (laughs) booby-trapped. All right. So Josh Brolin strikes again. Yeah, so they're digging down trying to find this treasure in what's known now as the money pit. They get to a certain level below ground, and these people had— already dug another tunnel that opens out into the sea so that when you got this far down the tunnel floods and kills anyone in the tunnel which happened all right on the show no 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 not on the show <laughs> happened in history oh wow yeah and um, and all along the way every 10 feet there's like clues as you're so either it was like the best of you know, like the Johnny Depp kind of pirate that just had nothing to do but dig this really deep hole. Or, or a bunch of people way back in the day decided to be the
2: biggest jerks ever, (laughs) ever, you know, like, ha ha is going to be the last thing. But,
1: (laughs) but, Literally, people have spent millions and millions of dollars looking for this treasure because of what they believe is down there. And then
2: they find the treasure, and it's worth thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> it's <laughs> worth thousands and thousands it's of dollars. It's a little dollars. chest like this big. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, Anyway, so there, it's, it's just a fascinating thing to dig into. The show itself, I, I mean, I can't even really give it decent. You're just watching the show because you're eager to see how much money they're going to spend next to try to find this treasure. Yeah. But the story behind it is pretty fascinating, hmm. that, that people would spend literally their life's fortune trying to find this treasure. And it links back to Shakespeare, which is crazy, just so many theories. So you could actually f- probably skip the show, to be honest, and just dig into—oh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, you could skip the show and actually just research Oak Island, hmm. and it would give you enough— to distract you from life for a minute and think, oh, that's interesting. That's what we're here for. Exactly. (laughs) So also what we're here for is to close the episode. How about you do that, Chase? (laughs)